This episode of the Flush Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, Waltons, Aluma Trailers, and by ReadyRest. Today I'm at Ryan Newmarker's remote bird camp at the base of a mountain range in Nevada. Ryan and his son Jace are two of the most passionate western bird hunters that I've ever met, and they've got a couple of buddies in camp that love these mountain bird hunts just as much as they do. We'll share stories from our adventures the past couple of days and tell stories from a lifetime of hiking this terrain. Spoiler alert, they include coming face-to-face with mountain lions. Hey, Flush Nation. Are you looking for a more comfortable, easy, and safe way to carry your shotgun? Look no further than ReadyRest. ReadyRest is a family-owned company. Sam started out of his garage, and, well, he still operates out of his garage. He was looking for a solution to carry his own gun, couldn't find what he wanted, and then, well, he built his own. ReadyRest was born made from lightweight aircraft aluminum, and dipped in plastisol so it won't scratch your stock. When you try ReadyRest for the first time, you won't believe you've been hunting or shooting without one. Check out ReadyRest for yourself at ReadyRest.com. Welcome to another episode of the Flush Podcast. Happy New Year to all of you listeners out there. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and holiday season with your family and friends. I know I did. Took some time off and did a little bird hunting back in Minnesota. But today, I am nowhere near home. I am, I don't even know where. I told you yesterday, Ryan, that I don't pull out my Onyx map when I'm filming with people because I don't want to know sometimes where we're at. Because then when people ask me, I can legitimately look at them and say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to not know where we're at out here. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to hold that mic up. And I think that cable that you have there can come loose a little bit. So I apologize if I have to remind you. Um, we have several guests today because we're not in a traditional office setting here. No. Um, we are filled with the haze of bacon smoke because Todd burnt the bacon this morning. <laughs> we are in Todd's. Uh, you guys don't have official names for these camps, but you need to come up with official names. I know. We need to do something good. So we are in Northern Nevada right now. To my left is Ryan Newmarker. To his left is Todd Matorian. Todd, did I say Absol- that? Absolutely. I got the pronunciation correct. To his left is Jace, Ryan's son, the 10-year-old phenom that we've come out here to film with the last couple of days and share the story. It's legit, you guys. I cannot wait for you to watch this episode. What an episode it's been. But to Jace's left, we have Scott Hildebrand. And I'll be your host today, Travis Frank. Perfect. Brandon Morton, as always, produces this program. We appreciate Brandon. He is back in Minnesota waiting for me to somehow get him these files I don't know how I'm going to do it because my phone says SOS. <laughs> <laughs> and that means there is no service on here. That's not good. Yeah. Well, it is good. Well, I've been able to check in. It took two days, but I was able to get uh, an opportunity to talk to my wife last night good, and check good. in so she knows that I'm alive. Um, but when I told her some of the stories about this place, she's not worried for how things go today. and <laughs> wants me to check in immediately when we get off the mountain because... My goodness, you guys have some stories to tell. So typically what we like to do when we're on the road here, I like to tell, you know, like recap a little bit about what we're doing out here and why. But um, 
the amount of scary stories that you have told the last couple days at this camp, I just know and believe that our listeners want to get into some of them because, I mean, coming face to face with a mountain lion happened yesterday. Yep. And it's not the only time that that's happened to you guys up here. You've all relived stories that uh, we're going to dig into. But, but first, we're going to um, talk a b- little bit about what we've seen the last couple of days. So um, we fly out here to Reno, and then we get in a rental car and drive and drive and drive. And I find you and <laughs> yeah. your son, Ryan, Jace. Um, in the dark, in this little camp that you guys have created, can you explain what this place is to you and, and how it's come about? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of our little happy place. We uh, got a few friends around and a few trailers and uh, kind of call it our little base camp. And uh, we come out here every, well, at least every weekend if we can, a little bit more than that, and just try to have a great time. Got a, Todd does all the cooking, which is great. Chef Todd? <laughs> Chef Todd burns the bacon. Yeah, yeah that yeah. worked out perfect. And mm-hmm. Scott, uh, Scott got in here a few years ago. I was a year before him. Todd's in here now, so it's it's awesome. We could spend the days together and go all different directions and meet back up at night, and it's been a lot of fun. Well, and you do too. I mean, like we would all leave this place together in the morning and somehow meet up again somewhere in the mountains. Yeah, like you yeah. guys know. Yesterday, before we we started the hike up after Chucker, I said, "All right." Yeah. If you repeat the story about falling off the cliff that you told two nights ago, how do I find these other two yahoos out here on the mountain <laughs> to get you off? Like, what's our what's our plan? Because, like I said, it's SOS on my phone. How do I reach them and where do I find them? And yeah. so we kind of came up with the, Todd went a mile this way. Scott's a mile this way to our south and or maybe east I, I don't remember at this point but just knowing that he was about a mile so you all three had a, a place and then you check in on each other which is important because yeah. this is really unforgiving terrain and oh yeah it's wild out here it's awesome it yeah. is awesome there's a lot of birds but it it can change in a hurry yeah um, and I, I think you said what happens like if you were to fall down and break your leg or something or what, what's our plan i said well we don't really have one, yeah. but we know somebody will come find us, right? So <laughs> right? we've got first aid kits. When you leave but, this place, everybody in this place, this campsite here, or your, your area here, um, knows where you're going to go. Yeah, we That's try important. to at least tell each other, yeah. And yep. A lot of times, like if Scott's up here by himself, I mean, he'll tell somebody that else is here. At least he knows where. Just because so much can happen. I mean, between the conditions, the cold, the snow, the mud, mm-hmm. truck breaking down, you know, there's a lot of variables there. Ryan, you and your son, Jace, have been on this podcast before last winter or spring or I don't know, about a year ago, I think we had you on because I've been following you guys for a while and I'm just, I'm in awe of Jace's accomplishments. I mean, he is a bird hunting extraordinaire. Yeah. And I tried to explain this to people back at the office who I'm going to go film a TV show with. And they're like, how old is he? I'm like, well, he's 10 now. But last year, you know, in the year when I met him, he was eight and he was, yeah. he was hunting chucker and he had how many, Jace, how many chucker did you harvest as an eight-year-old? That'd be not last year, but the year before. Cause that's when I first met you. Not that many. I only harvested like 56, I think. <laughs> not that many. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a lifetime for a lot of adult hunters. And yeah. I don't think that you quite grasp that yet, but I know just I know. how amazing that is. How, what were your stats last year? 
Um, I had like 72 chucker, 37 huns, and then like 29 quail. Where are you at this year? Um, about 62 chucker, 32 huns, and about 12 quail. Did you add the last two days birds totals into that? Yes. I thought so. Yeah. I, yeah <laughs> he I, doesn't I'm, miss that. Yeah, yeah. I know. And it's amazing how when the coveys go up, how many of the birds drop on his side. Yeah. It really. <laughs> I know. Like, to, uh, like multiple times, you yeah. and I were like, I got one. Yeah. And then you're like, I got one. And Jay's like, well, I got one over here. And then yeah. I got one over here. Yeah. And uh, we were always trying to find Jace's birds out there. It's a good thing yeah. the limits out here are kind of liberal so Jace can shoot. But yeah. at one point when we were on that mountainside last yesterday afternoon, how many shots did you fire, Jace, on that one covey? Well, I went, I shot, I got two birds and I shot eight times with a three shell gun. You sound like a fisherman now, because it was seven yesterday. It's growing. I think it was seven. Now Just it's eight. Reloading, reloading, well, reloading. Reload. Well, I shot three, and then I shot two, and then I reloaded. I shot three more times at the last bird that got up. It kept <laughs> popping like popcorn. Right, and I'm over here with an over-under, and yeah. I got two. And then I'm trying to, you know, like I'm so in my mind used to when I open the gun, I grab the shells out. Yeah. You know, and then I put them in my pouch and then I grab more and it's like, there's not time yeah. for this. Jack that thing yeah. open. Cause when those chuckers start coming up, man, they just, it's popcorn flush. Oh yeah. It's different than the Hungarian partridge. The Huns, oh, yeah. the Huns yeah. it's one massive explosion and that's the beauty of the Huns. Yeah. But the chucker, man, they just kept coming and coming and yeah. coming. And you work so hard to get up there. Yeah. To get you to don't want to mess it up. You don't yeah. want to mess it up. Yeah. So big shout out to Jace over there. Big. I mean, you are just an elite hunter as a 10-year-old. It's really cool to watch you and your son get to enjoy that together. And that's what we're, that's what we're going to share in the TV show. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go into too much more in-depth there because there's a lot of life lessons I think we've learned in this camp. Sure, and yeah. you <laughs> four have all shared with us the last couple of days. So we'll get into that. But we got a fresh dusting of snow yep. the first night. Finally. And what does that do when you're chucker hunting? Well, it really it, it makes the day a whole lot more exciting, first of all, but it'll it'll congregate the birds more. It'll change up what their patterns are. You get enough snow, it can push them down to the bottoms, bottoms of any cover, creeks, you know, more in the rock piles. And as it starts melting, they'll go to those burned off faces. So it kind of congregates them a little bit more, but it also gets you a little more excited while you're walking and you can see tracks and a lot of cool stuff that you, you never get to know if there were birds there. You know, mm -hmm. dog gets birdie. Without snow, you don't know how fresh it is or not. And Shoot, we were hunting hours after the snow stopped. Yep. And we know that they'd just been there. So. Oh, and it's, that's what was so cool. I mean, you see the tracks and you're like, they're right here. Yeah. And that's how Jace's <laughs> new nickname, J-Dog. Yeah. Because yeah. Jace is on point and he's like, they're right here. Yeah. And because you know they're right there. They just finished snowing 30 yeah. minutes ago and there are the tracks and they're underneath the sagebrush and there's no doubt about it, which also was helpful in when we did drop birds that took yeah. off running i mean hungarian partridge are kind of they're tough like a pheasant i mean oh, they yeah. take a hit they drop and, and they're you, gone you're on them just like the chucker too i mean those birds are tough but we fought we we blood track yeah the snow birds, helped us on that a yeah. couple of birds the first day and we're able to find them about four to, or five hundred yards which you yeah. and i talked about like when your dog goes to do a down bird and then 
takes off running. Let him go. Let him yeah. go. <laughs> because if you didn't have that snow, you'd think, what in the world is my dog doing 300 yards away right now? Your yeah. dog's on that scent. Your yeah. dog is following that bird. Well, and I mean, we watched that one bird that Jace knocked out of the ground. I mean, I could see it perfectly. It looked like it just smashed him. Yeah. And that bird nosedived in the ground and was immediately running. Yep. And we tracked that thing for hundreds of yards. Yeah. The, I think the first one we ended up finding was a solid 400, maybe 500 yards from where it hit the ground. Yeah. Never And stopped. without the fresh snow, we never oh, would have found it. Yeah. And that snow being maybe a day or two old, there would have been a lot more tracks in there. But because those coveys were huddled up and they were just starting to come out and do some digging, they hadn't, yeah. they hadn't messed yeah. up the, the floor yet. And it was... It was just a thing of beauty. Um, the the explosions were just epic, and I don't like to use that word loosely, but they really were. And just the fact that we were hunting, and, and we're in an area that's so stunning, but at the same time, the snow just ended. Fog had covered this valley that we were in, so you couldn't see the mountains. And then all of a sudden, the fog started to open up, and it's just, it'll be seared into my brain. And I'm trying to you know, the camera's rolling on everything, and that's why this episode is so special. The bond you two have, the time you guys spend together, it's, it's remarkable. And I, I think a lot of people, I hope, when they watch it, will say, I really want to get my kids out there to enjoy this too. Yeah. I think they might enjoy it. And I've said this on this podcast for years. Don't wait. Yep. If you have the opportunity, don't wait. Bring your kids out early. I mean, we, you and I have talked one-on-one yeah. about this. I mean, my kids have been coming with since they were three years old. Yeah. And it changes the hunt, but that's okay. Absolutely. You don't know what planting those seeds are going to turn into years down the road, but clearly we've got a sniper over here yeah. now at 10, <laughs> no. you know, yeah. and he's got more chucker in one season that I'll probably ever get in a lifetime. Sure. It's yeah. impressive. <laughs> um, okay. Let's, uh, let's introduce a couple of our, our guests over here. Todd, Chef Todd, burnt <laughs> bacon, Todd. Yeah. Um, how long have you been hunting out here in Nevada? All my life. How old are you? 48. 48. Quite a few years. I think I killed my first chucker. I wasn't Jace, but I think I killed my first chucker when I was nine. That's that's pretty impressive. So, a few years. Yeah. Yeah. You got a couple (laughs) years under your belt. How many times have you come face to face with a mountain lion? Before before yesterday. Before yesterday. I lost a connection. There you go. Yep, hold it right. Before yesterday, I think I had seen five mountain lions in my life. Three chucker hunting, one from a pickup, and one through a spotting scope. Are you are you are you okay today? You yes. were a little shook up last <laughs> yes. night when we got back. Yeah, the nerves have finally settled, I think, after yesterday. How close were you to that big cat? The closest probably twenty yards. Okay. The dog, the puppy. 10 feet crazy it was i didn't know what was going on because the cover was thick and they were in a a big kind of patch of wild rose can you take us back to that hunt yesterday and and relive it i know it's fresh (laughs) uh from the beginning i was still in the truck i'm gonna have you hold this right down here if you don't mind i don't know why i've got a little loose connection there go ahead i was in the truck still going up the canyon trying just looking thinking of where i wanted to walk and i saw something in the distance and it just didn't look right so i stopped and looked at it again and it was actually birds just lifting and setting right back down 
and they did that twice. I said, well, that's weird, but that's awesome. Yeah, you know where the birds are. So I went around the corner to where they couldn't see me, collared the dogs, went straight over the hill to come down on them. They started just going out of this, out of the cover in five, 10, 20, five, just. And these are chucker or hunts? These are all chuckers. And there was probably 60 birds. 15 went on my side of the hill. I went to them. They blew wild at, you know, 80, 90 yards. My transmitter goes off that I've got a dog behind me 158 yards on point. So I loop back and one dog's on point on the other side of the hill across the canyon. That bird busted wild. He went 40 yards and locked up on point again. And I said, okay, this is awesome. I'm going to get to him. Started down, fell. You fell? I fell hard. <laughs> Stood up. Possibly said a word or two. <laughs> dog's still on point. And it's just you. It's just me. Me and two dogs. I've got a seven-year-old and a year-old puppy. The year-old puppy then barks to my left. And I turned and looked back towards the patch of cover that he was in. What was it? Like it, you say cover, like what? it was all all that rose, all that wild rose patch. Okay. So I couldn't see him. I knew he was in there, and he barked. And I thought that's just weird. And I was thinking about it, and the birds jumped. So my focus went back to the bird. I missed it. I hit it. Okay, great. I'm on the board, and he barked again. And then again, and I looked back to my left and out of this rose right in the bottom of the drainage, out pops a mountain lion and right 10 feet behind him out pops the puppy. And I screamed very loudly at the dogs, boys, 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 come here, come here. And that cat cleared the oldest dog who was still on the hill going towards the down bird. And then I shot twice at the mountain lion. It kept going up the Canyon, the exact same direction that 60 birds had just flown. And I was like, Oh my God. Did the puppy still go towards? No, the he came, he, he came. when I screamed yeah. and I'm assuming it was like a scream, scream, like a horror, high pitched female scream. I assume. Yeah. I mean, sure my wife would have been really proud mm -hmm. <laughs> they came right to me and i was like okay that's enough we're out of here and because i had seen the birds from from the truck i was probably only six or seven hundred yards away from the truck so we just walked right back to it it's not a truck it's oh an atv <laughs> the okay the the can-am i don't know if a truck would have gotten you where you were probably not <laughs> yeah. no um i got back to him was I mean, I didn't need to check the dogs because I knew there was no contact, but. I wonder in that patch how close oh. your puppy was to that. Because if he's barking, yeah. I bet they were face to face. Probably. Which is amazing that that big cat didn't take one swipe and take your dog down. Yeah, because he, he only weighs, uh, he was just at the vet. He weighs 48 pounds. How big do you think the cat was? I would guess that it was a 90-pound female. Okay. So not a not a huge cat, huh. but you know, 
way too close. Big enough. At that point, if, if it was a 90-pound female or a 150-pound Tom, I mean, I would have been just as excited, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, that's something you don't really anticipate coming face-to-face with. No. I mean, you guys, I, mean, you have ex- I mean, the stories you guys have told the last couple of days have me feeling like it's not very uncommon to run into them out here. I mean... I know you spend a lot of time out here, and you just said how many that you've seen, but you guys have all had mountain lion encounters yeah. out here, and um, you know, this is a, this is a state where you can still hunt for mountain lions too. Oh yeah. Shortly yeah. afterwards, um, Scott, you ran into, or Todd, did you run into? I the- did. I when I moved canyons, I ran into a guy in the bottom of another canyon, and just stopped to see what they were doing, make sure I wasn't going to screw them up if I went past him. He's like, oh, no, we've got hounds down on a on a tom track over here. In a totally different area. A totally different yeah. area. So I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, I'm jinxed today. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm surrounded by mountain lions. <laughs> well, it's yeah. interesting because you guys all have mountain lion tags in your pocket. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, you know? I mean, it's, it's a rarity to, of course, to see them, but it sure seems with as much time as we spend out here that there's been plenty of yeah. interactions with them. Is that, a, is that the closest you've been to them now? No. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, and this is going back years. Um, different mountain range. Dogs went on point. Birds got up. Shot. I had one of my dogs and one of my dad's dogs at the time. Dogs are bringing birds back to me out of the, out of the corner of my eye. I catch just a glimpse going up this little finger ridge, and it was a wounded bird running up the ridge. So my dad's dog went after it, got that bird, came back down the same ridge and stopped. And I'm probably 20 yards away. Come here, come here, come here. Not moving and not looking at me, looking off the ridge. So I walked up to the dog like maybe she's on point with a bird in her mouth. This is cool. Yeah. I mean, that's happened once or twice in my life that I remember seeing. And I get up there, and I'm looking down this draw, and 10 feet, 15 feet in front of me, there's this giant rock, and there is a 150-pound tom sitting on that rock, not looking at me. Its back is directly towards me, looking straight down the draw. So now I'm grabbing two dogs and a gun and reaching in the back of my pouch for one of the old disposable cameras because that's how long ago this was <laughs> you're gonna wind up and take I'm a trying picture. to wind up and hold a dog between my legs a dog a dog by the collar with my left hand and my gun in my like the crook of my left arm and take a picture of this and as i took the picture it stepped off the rock and all i got was the back side of the cat with its tail up in the air when i finally put when i finally developed the pictures so I watched it walk straight down the canyon, and it blew up a huge covey of chuckers. And I was like, okay. And it walked straight down and then turned and walked across this flat and started wrapping the mountain back towards the truck. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. We're going to see that cat again. No, go the other way. Yeah. So, of course, after it went around, I was like shooken, but I was, you know, 20. So I probably not like yesterday where I could 
think of all the bad things that could happen. I'm yeah, like, I was going to oh. say, yeah, let's yeah. pull out a disposable camera here. You're 20 feet away from a giant <laughs> mountain lion. Vicious killing yeah. machine that's going to take you out with one swipe of its paw. Absolutely. So I went and chased the birds that it had spooked as it went down the bottom Boy, of the drop. this guy isn't very bright, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, did some of your wisdom rub off on him over the years here? I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. So finished that day, um, looped back around, and went how I finished that hunt, I had to walk right back across the flat, cut the tracks of the mountain lion. It walked to within 50, 60 yards of the truck. Jesus. And then went left back down a different drainage. It's, it knew you were there. There's no oh, doubt about I, it. I, I shot 25 yards away from it. I shot five or six times with a shooting the chuckers what's interesting is we're so far away from anything audio i mean we're standing on top of that mountain yesterday watching the clouds move below us and there's not another soul i mean i guess there's mountain lion hunters somewhere in one of the canyons within a couple miles but i mean it's so peaceful so quiet out there yeah and I, I mean, like, there's no way that anything doesn't know you're coming when you're oh, absolutely. puffing and puffing, walking. You can't, you're not sneaking up on those animals, that's, but I, why? That's what I don't understand with those cats. I mean, they're so sneaky, but you wouldn't think they'd stick around with the commotion. and the do- You'd think they'd yeah. just be gone, you right. know? I mean, Jason and I, two years ago, we had that, our English pointer. He was two at the time, and we did a very similar thing. We'd been hiking for a couple hours already, climbed up on top had a, a wild covey of birds fly out ahead of us over this rock pile. So we did a big loop, come around to the rock pile, dog goes on point, and we shot, I believe, four times. Bang, 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 bang. Had two wounded birds down. Jace so only shot four times. I know. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> so His we had early these, years. Yeah, His exactly. Early years, yeah. So. That's probably because he only had, I was, he could probably only allowed two shells. I only shot two. I shot two and you shot two. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and I got one bird. But I mean, the commotion. Two. So we've got four rounds going off. We got two wounded birds and we're yelling at the dog for I'm, I'm not exaggerating a good 10 minutes we're just standing in the same place fetch 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 then he and i start wandering around looking for the birds and we're talking like this you see anything? I, I got feathers you know finally finish this and we didn't go we didn't go 100 yards as far as keep hunting and that same dog runs right in front of jason and i and i just say to him oh good boy find a birds you know just he never really came that close back in those days and seconds after him leaving us, the GPS color, beep, beep, beep. And I look, and it's like 40-some yards right ahead of us. I go, Jeez, we might have more birds over here. And all I see is the tip of his tail sticking up above the sagebrush. And it's right where we're walking anyway. We were going right there. And so we go up there. We probably got within 35 yards of him. And a huge female cat stands up right nose to nose with the dog. So he's pointing those cats, what we thought was one cat, in that tall sage, right where he and I were walking, thank God. And that cat jumps up and doesn't like explode out of there, but she just takes off at an okay clip and he starts chasing her. So I'm screaming at him and Jace is yelling at me to get the dog back. And I'm trying, I'm trying. No, come here, come here. So he comes running back. I'm like, oh my gosh, that, holy cow. And he points again, (sighs) same spot. And I go, Jace, get behind me. I go, chief, come here, come here, come here. And a two-year-old kitten jumps up out of the same stuff and does the same thing the mom did. And I mean, this is all 
35 yards from us. Wow. So when we finally settled down on that deal, I said, uh, let's go back to the truck. <laughs> We're done for the day. If there's one thing that we live for here at the Flush, it's bird hunting. And we all know that you can't have good bird hunting without good habitat. Few people know more about bird habitat than Hoxie native seeds. Family-owned and operated, Hoxie Native Seeds has provided bird hunters across the Midwest with countless acres of premium native habitat mixes sourced straight from their own fields in the heart of Iowa. Perennial food plots, quail mixes, pheasant mixes, CRP, even dog-friendly seed mixes. To learn more, go to HoxieNativeSeeds.com. That's H-O-K-S-E-Y nativeseeds.com to order your own premium hunting habitat mixes today. The Onyx Hunt app is one of the most valuable hunting tools that I take into the field every day, and now that app is available in our vehicles. Yep, Onyx did it. They launched Apple CarPlay. That means when you plug your phone into your vehicle, you now have the option to open up the Onyx app right on the dash of your hunting rig. No more holding your phone while driving, which is obviously dangerous, and you get all of the same layers on your vehicle dash that you get on your phone. You can see the aerial view of your location while driving down the road, just like you'd see if you're using your own maps, apps, Waze, or Google Maps. Except now you can find out if the properties around you are open to the public, the landowner's name that owns the land. And if you're in North Dakota, you can see if that land is posted without even touching your phone. To use this feature, simply make sure your Onyx app is up to date. And if you're not an iPhone user, don't worry. Onyx is currently working on the same platform for Android phones too. Apple CarPlay, the latest incredible feature from Onyx Hunt. Always know where you stand and now where you drive with Onyx Hunt. Well, your stories so far have been harmless, you know, like yeah. make the hair stand up. Um, but I know that sometimes it doesn't end that well out here. Right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, Scott, welcome to the conversation. You've been listening patiently here. Would Thank you like you. to add anything to these stories here? Um, well, because I think you have a few more years of experience. <laughs> I mean, how young are you? 67. 67, and yep. you're still climbing Chucker Hills. I'm trying. Yep. Slower. Slower than usual. You're still doing it, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I spent a lot of time up here because I'm retired now, so. Okay. How I many can... years have you been doing this? Since about, I was 12. Okay. Because way back, way back then, you couldn't, the law was you weren't supposed to carry a gun until you were 12. Well, that's what I was told by my dad. Maybe mm. not, but yeah. that's what I was told. <laughs> yeah. So since I was 12. What do you think about when you see young oh, Jace out here? It's fantastic. I can't keep up with him anymore, but. Right? Yeah. <laughs> when he was seven and doing this, I could keep up with him now, but now he's a little faster than I am. Well, he starts out yeah. quick, but after last night, when we came back down, he went to open up that gate. Oh, yeah. Only one leg was working. <laughs> he was dragging that second leg there. I was like, oh, Ryan, yeah. he's, uh, he's a little bit hurting there. And then 20 minutes later, he's good oh, to go. Yeah. Good Dr. To go. Pepper, and you're good to go. <laughs> Pinball. Um, as long as we're talking mountain lions here, Scott, how many times have you crossed paths? I haven't seen them that often. I was bow hunting once in a different range, and I saw one sitting on a ledge watching me. I was headed back to camp, and, uh, and I was just sleeping outside on a cot. That was a restless night. Um, and <laughs> Seriously? Then, yeah. Yeah, I was in a different mountain range years ago, and Ryan and uh, I think Chris Jasmine came out the next day. Can you sleep oh, yeah. peacefully on a cot, knowing the the animals around you, knowing no. how far away you are? No, because I wasn't. I wasn't. It was within a quarter mile from the camp, and so, 
I didn't have any, any place else to sleep. I thought about getting in the truck, but anyway. You made it. I made it. You're still <laughs> here. Yeah. Still here to tell and stories. And I had uh, my dog get caught in a leg trap right by a mountain lion that was caught in another leg trap about 50 feet away. And my dog started yelping, and I couldn't see him. The sagebrush was too tall. I ran down the hill, saw the mountain lion, and Gus was still yelping. So I shot the mountain lion, and then I finally found Gus. At that time, when I got down there, I couldn't, still couldn't see him. I just ran to where he was yelping at. You thought the dog was maybe Yeah, hurt. I thought he was hurt bad, and, uh, so, but he wasn't under the leg trap, and I got him out, and he was good to go. Let's, let's go hunting. And I'm like, no, we're, we're out of here. Yeah. But that, uh, that's the hair on the back of your neck stands up for sure. Yeah. What's the what's most scared you've ever been out here while hunting? Most scared. I don't know. I'm, I'm not good in the fog. The other day we hunted yeah. in the fog, and all of a sudden I was walking towards Todd's machine, and I thought it was mine, and I thought, I wasn't scared. I knew where I was. Um, I, don't know, you, I don't think he but did. I've, <laughs> he was walking Based the wrong machine. Story. How do you know where it was? <laughs> yeah. but I, 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 knew, I knew where the road was going to be. Sooner or later, I was going to find the road. But I've hurt myself a couple times. You know, you fall down and you, you know, hurt my ankle a couple years ago up here. And luckily, my wife was with me. My wife was with me, so she uh, radioed her, and she came up and picked me up. But I had to walk down off the mountains. And that's the only thing. Um, you got to be careful, especially yeah. in the snow, like we've been hunting in the last couple of days. But yeah, you got to be careful with it. But when, when people come up here and they're, they're green, you know, they haven't done this before, what advice do you give them? Stay close. Yeah. I mean, if we're hunting together, if we're hunting together, um, I just want to keep an eye on them because a lot of people don't realize how tough it is to get to the top of these mountains. Yeah. Um, they don't realize how far we walk. And I had a buddy the other day that has had some eye issues, and he, this is the first time he's hunted like this. And uh, we went up a mountain, and the dog went on point, and I took off after the dog. And I turned around, and he's 100 yards behind me, and he's just waving at him to keep going because he, he just couldn't do it. And he's not that he's out of shape. I mean, this kind of, it's a different kind of being in shape. I mean, you can work out in the gym all the time, but getting up, up some of these mountains is uh, it's tough to do. Right. Yeah. That's the reason why I think we all love it. I right. mean, it's not easy. I was going to say, and yeah. that's why it's so rewarding when yeah. you get into that position. I mean, I just, like some of those, those visuals are just seared into my brain from yesterday. Oh, it was, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, I was talking to Troy, I came and I'm like, I want, it, it was really warm. No wind, sun was shining. I was like, bring your jacket, bring a couple layers, throw them in the back of the vest, you know, because it can change so quickly. Oh, yeah. You know, and we all have layers, but... My job is to make sure that he's safe. Yeah. He's got this big backpack harness thing with the cable hanging over the top of his head <laughs> and a camera dangling off of that. And he's trying to carry that thing up a mountain too. So it's like everything gets slowed way down. But really, safety is just paramount out here. Oh, and, it is. And, yeah. you know, he slipped twice, um, you know, and it's just like we just have to slow down a little bit. And that's probably why there's not many chucker hunting TV shows out there, yep. I think. Yeah. Um, the cameras are getting a little lighter. It's a little easier to record some of this, but the reality is it's just snow-covered rocks and very vertical yeah. in places. Um, but, man, is it beautiful when it comes together. And oh, it is. For me, you and I, Ryan, we're talking like this is – I could start at legal shooting hours and go all day till the end of legal shooting hours and then still want more. And I just never yeah. want to stop. And still have more country. Oh, 
Yeah, and <laughs> that's a beauty. You know, for people on the east eastern half of the United States, um, they just, I don't think you can really fathom how vast it is out here and how much land you have access to. And it could be, you know, it's common, and I, I'll just use Minnesota, for example. It's so common to have a 40-acre, 80-acre, 160-acre piece. Here, it's like 160,000 yeah. acres, you yeah. know, and, and then some. It just, it keeps going. And so that's part of the allure to being out west is just the ability to go out here. Um, yeah, and I think Nevada, we just looked this up, was what, 74% public land? Pretty close, like yeah. Seventy five, seventy eight, something like that. This is this is the you know South Dakota claims to be the pheasant capital of the world. This Nevada is the chucker hunting capital, oh, oh. and there's birds from all the way down south, south of Vegas, all the way up to the North Border. And the cool thing about um, the the chucker hunting is that if you like Hungarian partridge, yeah, those those birds are mixed in with them too. Yeah. You know, I mean, like we hunted the 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 flats below the mountains and got into birds but then on the top the highest peak yeah there goes hungarian partridge so when your dog goes on point you don't necessarily know what and that's exciting i mean it's it's cool Mm -hmm. yeah um explain to any one of you um explain to somebody listening that's never chucker hunted in a nutshell what is it like go ahead todd (laughs) um You've got miles and miles and miles, 360 degrees around you that you can hunt. You can see for ever, ever. And there's been times where we've been standing on top of a mountain, looking across the valley or across the desert, and you can see mountains away. And you know what they are because... We hunt them, but you start thinking if we had to drive there, it'd take us five hours. Yeah. Those mountains across, like when you're standing somewhere, they might be 60 miles, 70 miles, 80 miles. Long ways away. And just being in a place like that where you're looking around and you can go wherever you want. Get away and, from people. Yeah. You and were, it's really quiet. You don't see anybody else. How do the birds react when you're hunting them? What are they doing? I mean, they're called red-legged devils for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I could tell you what they're doing, but I want yeah. you to say it. <laughs> they're running. <laughs> That's it, exactly. That's it. And they don't run. No. They don't run on flat ground. They go oh, yeah. up. And then yeah. they run up, and, up. You're, and you see them go to the top, and you're like, okay, let's do it. And then they fly down. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing about the snow. We're like, they're here. And I think we that first coffee we got into yesterday, Ryan, yeah, we I think we did the guesstimate on it that it probably they probably ran four hundred feet vertically yeah. above us. You know, we just kept going, kept going, and then eventually they just ran out of mountain. We we made we made it to the top. Yeah. And Josie yeah. was like, They're right here. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't run any higher. She's looking for us. Come on. Right. <laughs> you know, that's the old saying that uh Chuck running it's first time's for fun and after that it's all revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so we were joking about this. Most every other bird that you hunt, everywhere else around the country, when you break up a covey and singles go left or right, they're like, 
leave those birds. We don't chase the singles. <laughs> Chucker hunters chase no, the singles. Chase Chucker, <laughs> Chucker and coyotes will probably be the last two things living if the apocalypse ever came to Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, there's. I go, there's one right over there. I saw land in that rock pile. Yeah. They're like, we're going to get them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's probably I'm not in. there anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably a couple hundred yeah. yards up, down, or... <laughs> well, and honestly, I mean, you, you get that far up there into the mountains like that, and, um, you know, it's it's an adventure. It, oh, yeah. It's so cool. And just to get one, and they're, they're a pretty bird. I mean, they oh, have yeah, such awesome. distinct colorations on them, too. I mean, what Scott, what's it like when you hold that bird in your hand? Did you get any yesterday, by the way? No, thank you. Thank you. No, I didn't. I missed seven times in a row. Did you? Yes, I did. You didn't get to that part of the story. No, Todd, not, I wasn't proud of it. We were trying to pick Todd back up after all the hot lines. But amazingly, how many did you get yesterday? I shot four birds yesterday. After the mountain lion. After the mountain lion. And when I got back to the machine with the dogs, realized that I never picked up the bird that I killed before the mountain lion came out of the bushes. Were you physically shaking? Probably, yeah. I, I mean, so I drove back out of the canyon, moved locations, and started hiking. And the whole thing probably took me an hour. And I was still sh shaken. I mean, I was trying to think of the word all day yesterday because I wouldn't say scared, but rattled. Mm -hmm. um, it was in your head. Alert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was. Everything's a mountain lion. After it was that. totally in my head. Oh, that's yeah. like that's like when the rattlesnake and when we were in mm. Fort Pierce, South Dakota, rattlesnake hit a dog, you know, oh, and yeah. the grass is knee highish, roughly. Every step I took, I was like, eh, yeah, you know, like I'm yeah. not even looking for birds because every step I'm like careful, careful, careful. Yeah, <laughs> you know every grasshopper that gets up is a snake. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Every I mean, and so. For you to be able to get that close, and you've told many stories here about how close you can walk up to these cats before they'll leave. I'm guessing dozens and dozens and dozens have snuck away oh, or yeah. let you walk by yeah. that you don't see. But for them to, for you to get that close, it's like, yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, and, and I think they must just know they're king. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, they're I not. I, they're not. That's like the wolves in Minnesota. You know, we, we were talking about this last night, Ryan. I mean, yeah. I just got out of the grouse woods up there, and there are parts of the state where fresh snow on the ground and all we saw were grouse tracks squirrel tracks rabbit tracks and wolf tracks and if you saw a deer track everyone was like guys come here look at this it's a deer track in the yeah. snow there's so many wolves in northern minnesota right now that it's they're just they're all over and i had a buddy that was grouse hunting and he walks out on a trail and boom there's a wolf 100 yards away and he calls his dog back to heal and the wolf doesn't run. And the wolf starts coming towards him. Ugh. And he, I don't remember how he, what, if he had his vehicle nearby or something, but he was able to jump in and the wolf just slowly walked by. But there was no fear. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's the thing where he, most of the time there's fear in a predator like that, that you're the ultimate, us humans are the ultimate predator, but sometimes yeah. they don't have that. And you, that's what you're like, okay. Yeah, okay. and depending on the conditions and how hungry they are, you know, you don't know what's going through their head. Yeah. Well, the first story you shared, Ryan, when I got into camp here that night, was like, whoa. Um, there, you almost had to call in a helicopter. Yeah, I would have, yeah. <laughs> but things got real in a hurry, and it's not just mountain lions that you need to worry about out here. This is, this is a kind of terrain where 
when we air this episode, we're going to have viewers that are going to say, you guys are reckless. How dare you bring a dog out into that country? What are you doing? That dog could have died out there. And I know that because that's sometimes the feedback that I've gotten from other shows. And the reality is, if you're not willing to accept the risk associated with this kind of a hunt, then you shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, none of us want to get hurt, and we definitely don't want the dogs getting hurt. Mm-hmm. But this is what they love, and this is what we love. And you just try to put yourself in a, in a position where it's, you know, you're trying to make the best out of the day, and obviously you don't want anything bad to happen. And that mm-hmm. was part of it, you know, growing up when he was coming up and coming on stuff, you know, the first couple of years, we took it pretty easy because God forbid, I mean, if I got hurt, what would he do? You know, if, yeah. and vice versa. But how does your uh, wife sleep at night when you leave town to come up here? Oh, probably great. Like a yeah. baby. <laughs> like <laughs> a baby. <laughs> Is she hoping something bad happens to you? I just check in with her at night. <laughs> how was your day? Good. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know if mine would be knowing the stories and how things have gone for you guys, how quickly you can go from great to Oh yeah, horrible. Yeah, yeah, my mom freaks out a few times if we don't call her in like a night or two. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, absolutely. She wants well, to know we're all right. Yeah. If you're an active outdoorsman or woman on the go, then odds are good that you have toys and equipment that you need to haul. Well, our friends at Aluma Trailers, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa, right here in the good old USA. They have models for all of your hauling needs. From ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. Trust me when I say that Aluma trailers tow gear like a dream. Their trailers are constructed out of lightweight, strong, corrosion-resistant aluminum, and they are 100% maintenance-free. Plus, they come with an industry-best five-year warranty. Visit alumaklm.com to find a trailer that fits your needs. Now's a great time to make the most of all that tasty meat you harvested. Maybe it's time to try a new recipe, sprinkle on a new seasoning, or make your own jerky and sausage. Trust me, it's not that hard to do, and it can be fun for the whole family. It doesn't matter what you harvested or what you want to prepare with it. Walton's has you covered. Walton's has everything but the meat. That's their motto. Waltons.com has everything, and I mean everything you need to process and prepare your meat. Plus, they have an online community called Meatgistics that's full of recipes and meat processing information. The sky's the limit, my friends. You don't have to be a pro to cook like one. Head to Waltons.com today and enjoy meat processing season. Thankfully, it's a season that never ends. Can you explain your first life changing moment with Chief? Absolutely. And that was. That day, thank God that my dad and Scott were with us. And that was just a fluke deal. We were on our way up here to camp. And I wanted to hunt for a couple hours. Scott had just messed up his ankle. And my dad's hip was all messed up. So we were in my pickup and decided to try a brand new area on the way up here that we'd never hunted. And so we drove up there, found a spot that looked good. And uh, it's known for having, you know, some steep, steep hillsides and some you know, drop-offs and that kind of stuff. We pull up on this nice big flat spot, spring coming out of the side of the mountain, and my dad and Scott hung out. So I said, okay, Jason, I'm going to take a little walk with Chief. All right. And we weren't out of the truck 20, 30 minutes. And a Covey, and Chief at this point, this was his first or second season. I mean, he was, I this was two I years ago. I think it was ago, his, so. like, first second. Season. Yeah. First? 
and some birds got out wild way out ahead of the dog. So I see them and see which direction they fly. So we start walking up there and chief goes right where they were, locks up on point and I take a picture. Good boy, good boy. And you know, he realizes soon there's no birds left there. And so I said to Jace, I said, start walking that direction. We'll go chase him. And we get a few minutes down the road and I, we're on this big flat and it's, I mean, you can't even see it. And we come up to this thing and I realize that's not a little drop off, like dropping down to the next ledge. There is nothing as far as you can see. And so I tell Jace, 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 get back, get back, get over here. I go, where is that dang dog? And I, I turn left, don't see the dog. Well, I see him out of the corner of my eye coming behind me. And I go, Chief. And he's on a dead run, the, kind of the direction we're walking. So he's come from the flat side mm -hmm. on a dead run and runs straight behind me and launches off that. He did like one quick, oh, like hits his front feet and tries to stop and, and slides. tries to stop and goes. Was it Luckily, just like a big boulder edge or? I mean, no, and I'll, I can show you. Um, I've got pictures. It was of just it too. a pure you, you got to describe it. Hundreds of yards though. long. And I'll put it this way it's probably 200 yards straight face yeah. down okay. to the bottom. I mean, it's, there is nothing there. And we had no idea this was even there. So this dog goes off this thing. Luckily, Jace doesn't see it. My stomach just falls out. I go, oh, my God. Jace, come here. Unload your gun. Take off your vest. Sit down over here. And he's and I, like, what at happened? At that point, I was just so confused on what happened. Yeah, he didn't. Luckily, he didn't see it. What happened? Why? I go, buddy, I need you to be calm for just a second. And my GPS collar's just on a solid beep now. But it's, it's showing it's 47 yards or 43 yards yards again mm -hmm. straight down where that dog so that's 150 ish feet correct yeah and i cannot so he's over sitting down he's safe at this point i've taken all my gear off unloaded the gun and i am i physically cannot see off this thing it is a sheer cliff as far as you can see around this whole bend and i cannot see the dog it's yeah. telling me he's there and i cannot see the dog to describe the cliffs it's like if you went up to it and they, they, it's almost a 90. Yeah, it's just, a 90 It degree. just ends and drops straight. They're just giant cliff bands. Yeah. What are you doing, Scott? So, uh, yeah. I was still at the truck at the time, and then did you call me I on got, radio? We had, or, cell, we had service. cell service, I think. Yeah. I called them, yeah. And then his dad, Mike, and I grabbed a rope. When I first came up to you. You first you, came up to get Jace. Yeah. yeah. And then we took Jace back, and then you went down around the mountain, if I remember this right, and yeah. you got down the bottom and you were further away then. Yeah. But then you realized Chief was still alive because he poked his head over a cliff. Now yeah. you're looking up. So I had, to, I had to go three quarters of the way back to the truck, which wasn't that far, but just to find a place to get off this mountain. Yeah. And then walk back around. What's so going I, through your mind? Oh, I like so many things. Oh my God, my dog. You know, what are you going to tell your kids, your wife? I mean, like. You just I assumed he didn't. How did I let it. this happen type yeah. of deal? Yeah. Yep. But as I'm walking back, so it, it's probably been 20, 30 minutes at this point. I'm trying to get underneath so I can see if I can find him. Mm -hmm. The GPS caller, instead of just beeping every 15 seconds, is now like intermediate every 45 seconds. But it's still, it's still stationary, but it's the, the little compass is just kind of just doing this, just kind of scratch line, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what the hell? So I get all the way around this dang thing thinking I can come up from the bottom and maybe see the dog or get to the dog, and I'm twice as far away. So now I'm, I am 200 yards up back to where I just came from and I start climbing up and I get, you know, 20 yards up this thing and I'm stuck. I, I'm just, it's a sheer, sheer wall. 
And to add to this, you're like me. You're afraid of heights. Oh, I hate it. Yes, absolutely <laughs> hate it. Yeah. So I, a, as this is happening, I call Scott again. And I said, okay, man, I need you guys. That's when I said, get the rope. If you can get my truck any closer, I need you guys to come back up. I got to go right back where we just started. I'm way further away. This is no good. And as I'm talking to him, I go, oh my God. And there's Chief. There is a band of rocks where he flew off of that is as big as that table. Three by three, four by four. And he's standing on it, looking down at me as I'm looking up on the phone. I go, Scott, just meet me up on top. And I hang up the phone and I go, good boy. And he's just like, I'm pretty sure he got knocked out for like 30 minutes from the fall and landed on this thing. And then when he woke up, realized, so he, when that GPS caller, I mean, he's moving in a three or four foot area. He's got nowhere to go. So, I mean, all I can think of, I said, stay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like don't come down here because if you walk off that, it, he's dead. So now I take a nice jog as fast as I possibly can without throwing up all the way back up to the top. My dad and Scott and Jace come back up and I still can't see the dog from the top. I cannot physically find the dog. I know where he's at because of the GPS. Uh-huh. So I finally realize, okay, there's a little... Thing here that I could scooch off of. So we tie the rope around my you, you tied the rope to yourself. To myself. Yep. And then he and my dad are holding it up on top. Which I think you should have gone tie that thing to the truck. Yeah, we couldn't get Scott's the truck. Scott's a there. solid yeah. man, <laughs> but I mean, we couldn't get the truck even with, close yeah. to us. Yeah. We're, with we're, my shaky legs on those cliffs yesterday, I don't know that I could have oh. done it unless I was tied to. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was not. So I, I start going off this little thing, scooting on my butt. And I realize me, I'm like, I'm not doing this. There's no way. So I, Literally climb back up and call 911, seeing if we could get search and rescue or anybody's help in the valley or, you know, out of town that has climbing gear or something along those lines. I mean, and I wasn't joking. I'll pay for the helicopter. I can't leave. And it's getting dark now. I can't leave him there. I mean, I'm afraid if it gets dark and that dog's still on there, he's going to freak out and walk off that thing. So I talked to lady, super nice. I don't think we've got anybody, but I'll call you back. Give me your cell phone number. So I wait a few minutes and I'm like, okay, this is not going to work. We got to get the dog off the ledge. So my dad and I start arguing. Obviously he doesn't want me down there. Mm-hmm. Jace doesn't want me down there. I don't want to go down Jace there. Jace crying? Oh yeah. It was, yeah. it was a very emotional deal. And Scott's yeah, like, yeah, you're pic- all right, bud. Picture those cliffs that we saw yesterday, like times 10. That's oh yeah. Oh, I'm picturing it. There's no bottom. So anyway, to make a long story short, I scooch off enough where I can see the dog. Like I'm at a point where I can't go any further, but I can peek over this thing and the dog is... Another, I don't know, I probably went down 20 feet, 30 feet. No, I had to go more than that because we got him up with the rope. But I scooched down further than I thought I could. And here he is. And he's standing up on a rock. And I'm like, now what do we do? And Scott goes, why don't you make a lasso and try and lasso him? And I'm like laughing like, oh, you know how to make a lasso just off the top of your head? Yeah. I'm like, well, then do it. <laughs> yeah, because we had a 100-yard 100, 100 rope, I think it was, or 100 foot. Yard rope, and we cut yeah. it in half, put half around Ryan, and then I tied that the knot up. And somehow, I we couldn't see Ryan. We're, I went to the edge once, and I can hear Ryan. And he's really, I mean, he's right below me, but I could not see him. I never did yeah. see the dog until we got him off the cliff. Yeah, and somehow he got that tied around him. It took a couple of tries in the two or three tries. Yeah, it was surprise though i mean it took i think it was the third or fourth try and i, I kept getting him every time he'd jump up on the rock to look at me mm-hmm. i'd cinch up that rope and you, i kept you, getting you, him you way just too dangled far. it down and then slid it yep. over his yeah head so i'd or, make I mean, it make the big loop and i'd yep. drop it on the ledge that he's sitting on and then when he would jump up 
I like he'd step into it. And he'd step into the back of the rope and then he'd jump up on the rock like, come on, man, help yeah, me. Yeah. And I'd cinch it up. Well, I kept getting him too far back and then finally like third or fourth time, I got him almost at the armpits, like around the rib cage. That's insane. And I can't see these guys. I'm like, I got him. You Whoa. got him? I'm, yeah. I go, now what? <laughs> like, okay, dude, this is all we got. I mean, it's getting dark. So I said, you guys hold on to me and I start pulling him up and he's just suspended in air. But I mean, he's suspended. Good. We're good and pulled him all the way vertical straight up to me comes into my lap freaking out of course and i'm like get the dog <laughs> like pull the dog off me cuz i'm i'm on the edge of this thing like no 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 yeah. just get the dog up so they get the dog up and i'm like get me the heck out of here and climb up wow. that's not what he really said yeah there right. was there was <laughs> well, some, this this children Ellis in this program <laughs> Which, by yeah. the way, he also says that same thing every time a covey erupts oh, on yeah. the mountainside. Yeah. I learned that we yesterday, too. There's going to be some beeps in this Especially show. when we yeah. mess. Yeah. yeah. What, which... Good or bad, it's the first thing you think of right. after How the did that shot. dog survive the I fall? Have, and he was totally fine. Absolutely fine. He walked up. My dad's cell phone was laying, waiting for the search and rescue to call us back, yeah. laying in the sagebrush, walks up. Took a leak on my dad's phone and just <laughs> took off running. I'm like, you want to go here. hunt again? Yeah. Uh, I didn't hunt him the rest of that weekend just to let him rest, but we could never find anything wrong with him. He had a little blood on the tip of his tail, which he gets every day anyway. Yeah. But you talk about luck, boy. That, that was a, oh, wow. Yeah, but the, if these guys weren't with me just as a fluke that day, mm -hmm. and Jason and I went to try some new area, I don't honestly know what we would have done. Well, we that's, had that's kind of why yesterday before we started, we're so far away. I mean, it's an hour ATV ride down these long, like, yeah, two tracks, and you know, and that's why I was like, if you know, you just you want to be a little bit ready in case something bad goes wrong. But it's like, yeah, where are these? Where's everyone going to be? Yep, yep. And exactly. at least you have somebody that knows you're there, and if something goes bad, because like you said, I mean, you had friends that broke an ankle and had to use their gun as a Yep. walking stick to get off the mountain i mean what are some of the stories others have told you that they've experienced out here todd i think Scott? the biggest is fall down and hurt yeah break an ankle which was is probably the worst oh yeah because then you've been in the train yeah and i equate what we do chucker hunting is each day is like a little mini sheep hunt sure yeah and it's not far off because there's sheep in this country but at least at the end of the day, you get to come back to a truck or a machine and come back to the camp. Whereas yeah. you're not unloading your backpack and sleeping on the side of a mountain, but yep. the terrain's not that much different. Mm -mm. Um, so I think breaking an ankle is probably the scariest because you have to get off or a leg. You know, could you imagine crawling off of where you were yesterday if that was the only option? Yeah. We're getting pinned in between and, boulders and probably and the and probably the rattlesnakes up here. There's a few rattlesnakes up here when it's hot out. Yeah. Have you seen them? Mm -hmm. well, we really? started our season. I'll make this short, but we started yeah. our season in Idaho, in a brand new country that we'd never hunted. The three of us, Jason, Todd, and I. Oh yeah. And first thing we do, we wake up early. Sun's just coming up. We've already driven way back in this dead end road. Sun's just coming up, and I wanted to go see if we could see this little creek down below us. So we don't have any dogs out or anything, and, and I hate snakes. I'm not a snake guy. Same. And we walk, what, 25 yards from the truck? Maybe. And I damn near step on what would have been, what, a four-foot 
four huge rattler. rattler. That's it's super cold out still in yep. the morning, completely coiled, and I'm I'm already like looking at the ground just to go take a walk. That's first thing opening day. You talk about the same thing all day long. I seared I, into your mind. Told Jace, I go, you're we're walking together the whole time. Yeah. Do not get away from me. So let's just so we can listen to each other and make sure we're good. But I mean, every step all weekend, I'm like. Yeah. And then we also For heard the next one thing. Three weeks. We went. Oh, yeah. We went back up there, and it's like the rattle, rattlesnake testing. Oh yeah. Was. Capture the. I guess they take the venom from these snakes and study them at some of the universities because they got the most potent, which we didn't know. But we left that opening weekend when it was hot, and I said, yeah. "I'm not coming back up here till there's snow on the ground." And we and were then, also trying to go to our spot, and me and Todd heard a rattle right outside our window. Yeah. <laughs> True story, Todd. Yeah, true story. And then to add to that, freaked out. A month later, <laughs> or two weeks later, it was uh, the Sage Hen opener. So two weeks later, we talk we, about three hundred. We shot back. our Sage Hen. It's funny you guys all call them Sage Hens. There's no such thing as a Sage Hen initiative. It's yeah. the Sage Grouse <laughs> initiative. Sage grouse. Yeah, we call them Sage Hens or chick- chickens. We just call them chickens. Yeah. chickens. I know it's um, funny. Depending on where you go in the country, everybody sage, has a different name. Sage Grouse. Sure. Sage. We finished yeah. and said, "Hey, let's just buzz across the the valley and look at a different mountain range. Scout for chuckers. and scout for chuckers. Let's hit some of the real high water holes that you know we haven't been to forever. So we're going down." this little two track to a, a little holding pond and i said oh man there's a lot of chucker tracks in the road <laughs> and the windows are open on the machine and you a crawled. snake oh, buzzed yeah. we don't know what it was though oh, it was, it was wow. a snake <laughs> i'm going with snake because we okay. didn't stop and i jumped from the passenger side of the machine pretty much into ryan's lap oh yeah and he's like oh he's like and what's I'm we're, th- <laughs> and we're inside the machine and he I also just- threw out his back oh yeah <laughs> I, they're fun. just they're they're terrible yeah i i mean that's why i love minnesota there's yeah. really nothing up there that's trying to kill me I spent the night in a Except new mexico ranch house one yeah. time 15 years ago and before i got there the person who owned the place killed two rattlesnakes in that bedroom. Mm, no. And I could not sleep for, I would spend three nights in that. And it was it still burned into my, like the, the dried blood marks. Your microphone cut out on your end. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on with it, but. Um, like from what? They got, into the, they got into the ranch house. And I'm like, well, if they could get in there once, they can get in again, <laughs> yeah, you know, you and I'm supposed to sleep. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's just one of those creatures that, I mean, and two years ago in January in Arizona, we were Merns hunting, and I almost stepped on a rattler that was coiled up too. And that's one thing. And we've talked about the hearing issue and my hearing loss a lot. And I'm still trying to find the perfect ears to wear upland hunting because um, there's dangers out there. And you guys have seen them. Okay, we're we're almost at an hour here, and (laughs) we are going to go hunting again. So we're going to wrap this up, but um, there's just so much that is to love about this land. And honestly, some of these stories make the experience so rich. You know, like just sitting around camp talking with you guys and the friendships that you have, it's it's why I love hunting. It brings people together like this. And hunting camp is part of the hunt. And being out here, 
the amount of birds that are on the landscape right now out west, um, I've heard reports from different states too, but it's impressive right now. It is. Uh, based amazing. on your hunting experiences, maybe Scott, you, you've done this the longest. How are the bird numbers, in your opinion, this year compared to other seasons? Oh, this year has been fantastic. This is like it was back in the late 80s. And that was the uh, peak for you? Yeah, probably. And for the which limits, species? For chucker. Um, I didn't hunt this area back then as much because uh, we didn't have hunts, you know, in northern Washoe. Um, it, it's like it was back then. And the limits were eight back then, the six now. But um, this year has been fantastic. Are you seeing a lot of hunters on on the mountain ranges around here that are chasing birds like you guys? Or do you just well, like to go so far in that you really get away from people? That's one of the reasons we go so far in. And, and like like yesterday when we went in there, in the snow, there had been nobody in there. Right. And uh, I don't think that range gets hit very, very hard. And that's the reason there's a lot of birds in there. But it's tough to get back in there. Right. And you saw how steep the mountains were. So a lot of these guys don't want to do it. Sure. And that's, that applies in any bird country in North America. The further away you get from people, from roads, yep. the more, more game you're typically going to find. Yep. And the more your stories go, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, where people are like, whoa, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know how many birds we've seen the last couple of days, but I'll try to put it together the best I can for people to experience. And again, um, if it's a, if it's, if this kind of hunt, maybe we scared people from wanting to do it with your <laughs> stories today. Uh, I hope not because like I said a couple times already, the, it's so vivid in my mind and we're fortunate to have a cameraman that was willing to follow us up and down the mountain and try to capture it yeah. so that we could share this experience. Um, I don't, I, I just want to inspire people to go out and to go hunt with friends and experience wild places in this world because man, life just flies by and, yeah. and these opportunities exist on public land for anybody to come and do if you're willing to give it a try. Yep. And once you do it once, my, my gut says, you're probably going to say, I, wanna, I wish I could do that every year. Sure. If I lived in Chucker country, you'd never get me off a mountain. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Jace, any parting thoughts here, bud, as we wrap this conversation up? Or are you just ready to go hunt again? I'm excited to go hunt again. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, we're going to be back next week. And I've got a couple of listeners that have written me over the holidays. And I'm very inspired to have them on as guests. I also would like to have an open, uh, an open mic show. A couple of years ago, I did this where um, I set up a, a list of listeners. And Brandon coordinated it. And... I want people to share their favorite or most memorable moments from this past hunting season. So if you're so inspired by um, something that you've experienced or taken somebody out for the first time or the most amazing moment of your season or the scariest, any story that you want to share that comes up, send us a message. I will connect the dots and we'll set up the time and we'll have, I don't know, maybe four, six, eight listeners on the show to relive some of the best moments from this hunting season. You can send them to me directly on Instagram, Facebook, any of our channels on The Flush, theflush.tv, the website. Search The Flush TV and you're going to find, any of, find us on any of those platforms. Send us a message and I'm going to pick a date and we'll 
record all those conversations with you, the listener, wherever you're at. You don't need to come to our studio. We'll we'll remote you in. And uh, it was a lot of fun the last time we did. I think it'll be fun this time as well. We'll also catch you up to speed on things that are coming up as far as uh, the the whole new season of episodes are going to be uh, streaming here in the next couple of days. Once I get back into the office, we're going to get that all in queue. So if you do not have the Outdoor Channel, now you'll be able to watch our latest season. It's going to be on our YouTube channel. So uh, go to the Flush dot, or the Flush TV. I don't know. You'll find it on YouTube <laughs> and subscribe. And then every time we upload an episode in its entirety, you can watch it anywhere. And then we do have Pheasant Fest not too far down the road. There's some things that we're working on for that. I've been asked by many listeners, are we doing a live show? Yeah, we're going to do a live show. I just don't have the details on it yet because I haven't been in the office in a month. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of excited to get back. To not as excited as I am to get back in the field here. So we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, gentlemen. Special place you have out here. Thank you. Thank Carmen. you. Appreciate you sharing it with us. We're excited to share it with everybody else, too. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Flush Podcast. <laughs>